kicked in a motherfucking door and put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. That How many other situations do we misread? And that's what the book's about. And I think the answer is lots. And, and you do talk about quite a few real underdogs in the book as well. And one of the examples you were mentioning at uh, lunch today was, uh, was about this girls' basketball team. Yeah. Tell us about that and how yeah. that was shaped. Well, this is one of the things I got, reasons I got started writing the book is that I ran into a guy, some of you may know, the guy who founded TIBCO, this Vivek Ranadif. I met him at a conference and didn't realize who he was. Weirdly, by the way, I had another experience with the, in this exact same thing where I met someone at a conference, did not realize where they were, who they were, and just had a conversation about sports as a result. The first person I did this with was Larry Page, <laughs> who I thought, I met him years ago, and I thought he was just a graduate student. And I had no idea. And so I was like, where did you go to school? Oh, you know, I'm from Michigan. So we just talked about Michigan State basketball for about 45 minutes. And then afterwards, people were like, do you know who you were talking to? And I had no clue. Anyway, I did the same thing with this guy, Vivek. So he started telling me about how he coached his daughter's, 12-year-old daughter's basketball team. And because he's Indian, he had no clue about basketball. So he goes to, I mean, <laughs> I. I can relate to that. <laughs> okay, good. Just checking. He had, there was no natural reason to assume he would know a lot about us. Uh, Underdogs. That's right, exactly. Uh, although only India, a country of a billion people, could claim to be an underdog. Um, so Vivek goes and studies in his kind of software engineer kind of way, goes to study basketball games and becomes convinced that Americans are completely irrational in the way they play basketball because he doesn't understand why, if you are the weaker party in a game, you don't do the full court press all the time because you're going to lose otherwise, right? And by not playing the full court press, you are allowing your opponent to do the, precisely the thing that your opponent excels at, which is to to pass and dribble and execute choreographed plays. Why would you speed their, uh, their, um, uh, their uh, why, would you, why would you allow them to give, why would, you, why would you give them the easiest possible route to doing the thing that makes them better than you? 
So he says, your only hope is to slow them down and to defeat them at the things they're not expert at, i.e., play the full-court press. If it fails, so what? You're going to lose anyway. But at least you, you've raised your chances of losing from uh, 95% to something, to something less than 95%. Right? So he teaches this, takes this group of, and he, this is relevant to him because his daughter's team is utterly without any talent whatsoever. These are, <laughs> these are the very, very, very skinny, somewhat nerdy daughters of programmers from Silicon Valley. <laughs> um, so he does this, and he, his strategy is, we're not going to learn, you're not going to learn how to shoot, dribble, or pass. Um, we're not even going to practice any kind of offensive plays. What you're going to do is we're, I'm going to get you in really, really good shape, and I'm going to teach you to do this for the entire game. And what happens is that if you do this for the entire game in a basketball game made up of 12-year-old girls, the other team will not advance the ball past midcourt. And so Vivek's team starts to win by scores like 8 nothing, And... <laughs> Um, and they advance to the national championships. Um, it's so, it's such a hilarious story. And of course, the opponents are so um, flummoxed by this, first of all, and then outraged because the thing that Vivek is playing with his girls is not actually basketball, right? If you don't dribble, pass, or shoot, um, and have no intention of so doing. And if the score at the end of the game is something like 6 nothing, that's not basketball. That's another sport. Um, and so they throw chairs on the court. They challenge him to fistfights in the parking lot. They scream at the refs. And he is sort of massively indifferent. To him, this is more of the strange idiosyncrasies of the American sporting personality. <laughs> and, uh, but I love what I, it, that's a, that is a lovely illustration of my very point because why does Vivek, why is he compelled to follow this strategy? Because he's got nothing, right? He's got bubkas. He, his girls are incapable of playing the game of basketball, right? So what does that do? It spurs him to find a completely alternate strategy that's far more successful. And this is, of course, the great story of innovation, right? That nothing, um, uh, uh, nothing acts as a greater spur to innovation than um, the absence of advantage. Um, so if that's the case, you know, there must be situations where it is not advantageous to have advantages, right? If his girls, the only situation where he's better off is if his girls are really talented. So there's a series of conditions. You can be, you could have no talent, you can have massive talent, and you can be anywhere in the middle. The only situation where he could also have reached a national championship is in the 99th percentile condition where his team is massively talented. But, but had he been in anything other, so he's in the 1% condition. That's advantageous because that forces you to play the full court press. 
the 99th percentile condition is advantageous. But the 2 through 98 is not advantageous. Do I think I'm smart? Define smart. Like, like the str strategic thinker, just like just the, the, the smartest person in the room. No, I feel like I I don't feel like I'm um I honestly don't feel like I'm that smart in terms of mm -hmm. like um in I don't know I don't I can't say not intelligent but there's some things that my mind just doesn't process. So right now I still don't 100% understand how you monetize Twitter even though you told me and my mind's trying to follow it. And I'm like, yeah. all right, well, okay, you send people to the banner, but do they pay? And you systematize. That's why I feel like you just, you look, you see things in pictures. So Wait, in terms can of- Can you clearly define see things in pictures? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it. And we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes, the only thing we're missing is a community. So, it's about that time. We put together our Patreon, we put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So, even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So, check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated, okay? Thank you so much. Now, back to the episode. So, for instance, um, I had a friend. Um, he was never afraid to talk to women. Uh, that was always my thing. I was just I always take the friend. I just know going to a situation, I'm going to take the friend. It's all good. But in his head, he knows how this thing's going to work out. Right. It's almost like... A visionary. From, visionary. From walking up, what he's going to say, what she's going to say, how it's going to go, his rebuttal, where they're going to go later. But that's based on experience. That's all that is. You can predict the future where you know what you know. Mm. And that's what happened with your boy. He done been through it so many times, he can already predict the next move. The thing is, I think, so for instance, in these interviews, I never know how they're going to go. We've done hundreds, of, over hundreds of joints. Mm -hmm. And I don't, like, even like if I'm, if I'm building a business, it's always like a real organic thing. Like we didn't run no ads to the morning meetup. We have like hundreds and hundreds of people in it. But literally day to day, I'm just focusing on delivering today. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to get into it now. I look at the numbers and analytics, stuff like that, but I just don't I don't know if I put the whole play together in my head. I just keep walking. Like, remember I asked you, I, okay, I got this product and this product, and I don't know what to do. You're like, well, okay, structure it this way, put it in the funnel, this is you're going to run traffic today. And, like, and even after the call, I'm like, all right, I know what I'm going to do. And then I hang up. I was like, hold on, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes like, uh, 
That's what, that's why I'm saying like smart. But you told me something. We was at a restaurant um, where you were like, yo, you don't even have to be smart. You mm-hmm. said something like that earlier mm-hmm. today. Explain that. Do you remember? Yeah. No, I feel like people focus on the wrong thing to be wealthy. And the reality is if you focus on certain key elements, key points, you can accomplish that. One is relationships. If you can master relationships, you'll get opportunities that the normal person would never get because they don't have the relationship. Mm. The second thing is making sure you have the drive to do it, being persistent and consistent. Those three, being consistent and persistent with the right networking skills to build relationships, the people skills, with those three as a combination for wealth. Dang, that's crazy. It's easy. And then by you knowing this information, just hit me. you can utilize it in a way where you have the ups on anybody you meet because, or that's trying to do the same thing you're trying to do because you understand that that's what you need. Because the information is going to come based on a relationship. If right now I wanted to start Let's say an e-com brand, and I knew nothing about e-commerce. I can call one of my relationships, and now I know everything. Because he's just going to tell me. And then you'll consistently work at it and be persistent once things don't go well. You God! And it just hit me, because the same example that I was using like with this podcast... I, those are the only three things I have. I'm consistently dropping every single week. I'm persistent. I'm I'm gonna get the interviews, and I'm I'm just focused on good relationships. Done. Dang, that's genius. You are smart. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> seriously. So now, if you think about it, like we build our relationship, right? You decided you have morning meetup. You want to create more products to add more value to your audience. What we did, we got on a call, gave you my time, and you, like, we mapped out something crucial. Mm -hmm. But you didn't know that before the call. See if you in shape. See if you can run three miles. Let's go, what do, but we go show the world all we know how to do is when we can't think, we fight. Nah, homie, that's why you niggas broke. That go for Bosco. That's all. That's why them niggas broke at their mama house, homie. On to Bosco, right? Um, we did an interview and we spoke about um, how gangs. Yeah, he doesn't agree with you. He doesn't agree with your your input on. Well, he said gang. Yeah. He 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 made it like gangs was positive. He's saying that people outside of gangs do crime too. 
Uh, we ain't saying about what gangs do crime. Gangs wake up to kill black people. People who commit crimes don't wake up to kill black people. Gangs don't commit crimes. Gangs kill black people. The niggas don't wake up and go rob and snatch persons. They don't, gangs don't wake up and break in the car. They wake up to go put in work and kill black people. That's all they do. Nothing else. They don't exist to do nothing else. So what in the fuck he talking about? That nigga got to be the dumbest motherfucker in the world. He got to be the dumbest motherfucker. That's why he can't get out of his mama house. 